0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the only path to safety. When you're in a building, there's a fire escape. In the old days, you had fire escapes attached to the outside of the buildings. That was the way out. I can't even imagine a fireman coming in and saying, Here, follow me. This is the way out. Oh, no, no, I can't go out that way. It's the only way. No, 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 I I go the other way. You die. He made one way. Jesus Christ. It has never changed
1: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Is there any hope for a world gone wild? Some may wonder why we even bother to share the hope of salvation found in God's Word. Well, according to Pastor Xavier, we can't give up. Today, he brings us some compelling truths from his current study. Here he is with today's lesson, Ezekiel, the Faithful Prophet.
0: The prophet Ezekiel, was a reminder that no one gets away with their sin, even as the Scripture says your sin will find you out. Time reveals everything. No one gets away with anything at all. The prophet Ezekiel has delivered several sermon messages through this demonstrative charades. We looked at the colorful prophet already. The purpose was to communicate God's word, as you know, and as he would communicate it as clear as possible, since they were deaf to the voice of God and blind to the things of God, God called them to do these charades, God's love being demonstrated, his his patience, his long-suffering for his people. Uh, It was to impact a sinful nation that, in fact, would not hear him. In fact, um, Ezekiel quotes the scripture, they have eyes, they can't see ears, they can't hear, the same scripture that Isaiah quoted, same Jeremiah stated, same Jesus states. And yet God's compassion sends the prophet, and the prophet is faithful to God, knowing that no one's going to hear him. He is the watchman of the house of Israel. It is believed that it was during the 70 years of uh, captivity that the synagogue began and developed. If so, then certainly Ezekiel has to be the founding father of its theology and teaching. He is the very watchman of the house of Israel. Yet The organization of the synagogue is so often ascribed to Ezra, uh, the ready scribe who uh, returned with the captives, whoever it was. But Ezekiel certainly was a foundation. He was God's man at the time. As you know, the synagogue was a place where the word of God was taught. There was no sacrifices. Uh, once the temple was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar, there was no sacrifice in Babylon. After 70 AD, when according to the prophecy of Jesus, Titus destroyed the temple, there has been no sacrifice at the very day. They studied the word, but there is no sacrifice. And sacrifice is the only way for sin to be atoned. And Jesus did away from it, with it completely after 70 because now it's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Animals cannot atone for sin any longer. And so what I want to do is to focus on three areas that will provide with us evidence of the faithfulness of Ezekiel. First, the theology of Ezekiel we'll look at. Secondly, the visions of Ezekiel, and then the book of Ezekiel. These three should give us sufficient evidence of his faithfulness. It is not exhaustive, but it will whet our appetite so we can see and be grateful to God for this man who was faithful in the difficult ministry that he was called to. The theology of Ezekiel is Incredible. We cannot touch on all aspects of it, but we will grab a few things here. First of all, the prophet Ezekiel reveals man is rebellious towards God. Very, very clear. This is foundational. This is very important. The people of God had rebelled against him and so had their fathers. In the opening chapter, chapter 2, verse 3, he tells them that. Says he calls them to be a prophet. Now, it's always easy to say, well, but, but they did that, I didn't. And we always point fingers. But the fathers, as well as the present generation, were rebellious against God. They didn't want to hear God. They didn't want to obey him. The elders had secret uh, place of idolatry, as we saw in chapter 8, uh, verse 7 through 13, in their heart and their secret place, thinking God didn't see what they were doing, yet God sees everything. The false prophet has seduced the people a uh, lot. The 13th chapter is very, very clear. There are other aspects of it. Today, there are many false prophets and teachers within the church, and people run after them because they don't discern the voice of God through the word of God. Their sin was against God's love as an unfaithful wife in Ezekiel 16, one who should have been true and faithful. The city of Jerusalem was called a bloody city in Ezekiel 22, 2, violence, and so the prophet Ezekiel's dumbness came to be, so he gives the sign sermons. They were not only to predict the future, but they were to indicate God's withdrawal from the people. God was silent towards the people, a form of judgment. And then God would open the mouth of the prophet once in a while as the people would inquire of him, because that was another purpose of the sign sermons, that they would look him do these charade things. They, what do you mean? What, what are you doing, Ezekiel? And it would provoke inquiry in chapter 3 26 to 27 he would shut the prophet's mouth and then he would open it up at different times again four and a half years later as we look at chapter 24 27 God told Ezekiel that he would open his mouth on the day that uh, would come and someone would come and tell Ezekiel that the overthrow of Jerusalem was fulfilled. And so as you look to the book of Ezekiel, it is very predictive, it is very precise, and it can be verified and checked, both through the prophet Jeremiah, who was a contemporary, and through Ezekiel. And, and, and there's an overlap, and there's a complement between the two. The fulfillment of, uh, of Jerusalem's siege is, is found in chapter 33, 21 and 22, as that took place. So it's something that, again, it's very organized in the book of Ezekiel, his faithfulness. Now, 10 of these sign sermons, as you know, are found in the first 24 chapters. And again, they would provoke inquiry by the people. What do you mean by this? What is God doing? There is only one other sign sermon in chapter 37, verse 16. The two sticks of Judah and Israel that will join as one in the future. But again, stop and think if God would tell you to go uptown here in Pasadena on Friday night or Saturday night. And don't say a word. Don't preach, but charades. Would you do that? It's a crowded place down there. Pressure's on. Now you understand the context? <laughs> and, and the natives aren't friendly down there. If you're partying, they're friendly. If you're witnessing, they're hostile. God told Ezekiel that he would make his tongue cleave to the roof of his mouth and be dumb, very, very clear. Quite a ministry, faithful. The things that Ezekiel went through, he himself partook of the sufferings that God put him through for the sake of the people. Something that we lose sight of so often through the prophets. The one behind all deception for people and nations, as you know, is Lucifer, the God of this world. The covering cherub, the prince in the power of the air, the one who goes about as the roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, is Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, many passages. He's a deceiver and a liar. Now, Ezekiel also reveals that God is the one who directs and rules in man's history. Now, man doesn't want to hear nothing about that today. If you give any inclination that God might be in control of some things that are going on, they go crazy. They think that you're just a pessimist and that you're just cruel. And and man has gotten so caught up in himself that he has explained God away. And because he's so smart, so he thinks, God doesn't exist. They think that's the end of God. Ezekiel reveals God as God reveals himself to Ezekiel. Now, that's not just a play on words, but I want you to think about it. See, whenever God speaks to a man, the tendency is always to taint the content because we love glory. The faithfulness of these prophets were that they were instruments. that yielded to God so that what was recorded was accepted as God's word. They did not put their opinions in. They did not taint the content. They revealed and recorded exactly what God revealed to them. That's faithfulness. That's faithfulness. He reveals God is all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing. As he shows them there in chapter 1, the vision of the riding on the heavenly chariots, the angelic beings under him and everything. God predicts the destruction of Tyre 250 years before it takes place through Alexander the Great, even building the causeway out to the very city in the sea in Ezekiel 26. When we get there, we'll touch it. An incredible prophecy. The chance of that is so incredible. He predicted Egypt would be a base kingdom while Babylon and Syria would be no more. In Ezekiel 29 through 32, Egypt has never been a nation of any significance since then. She thought she would rise to power as they attacked Israel in 67, but God destroyed all the Arab nations. He defeated them. She's a base nation. Assyria is no more. Predicting the rebirth of Israel and the gathering in the last days, Ezekiel 25, 27, 29, 37 through 39. For 2,000 years, Israel without a homeland, yet maintained their people as identity, as Jews. No one has ever accomplished that for more than four to five generations if, um, if Mexicans or Americans or, or Canadians would have been persecuted as much and as fervent as the Jew had been for the last 2,000 years, we would have been extinct. So whoever does not believe in God has to explain to me the Jew and the nation of Israel. How do they exist today? Ezekiel reveals that God revealed himself also to man Always. Man always wants to excuse himself. Well, I didn't know that. Well, I mean, I, you know, how can God hold me responsible? But, but God has always made himself known to man. Prophecy has one main purpose, and that's that when people read and, and they, they do search the scriptures and evidence about it, that they may know that I am the Lord Yahweh. This phrase appears, as we told you, 70 times in the book. People are without excuse. He has always spoken to man throughout history. 29 times is in connection to Yahweh's punishment to Jerusalem in the book. 24 times in connection to the governmental judgment of Yahweh to the Gentile nations. And many of the prophets give judgments to the nations, Amos and many others. Now the way that people were to know that he was the one true God is in a threefold manner. First, by declaring his judgment of Jerusalem beforehand, chapter 4 to 24. He gives great details there as you go through it. And also by declaring his judgments of the Gentile nations beforehand, 25 to 36. Very specific, by name, what would take place from the time of Ezekiel even to the end of days. I mean, who is bold enough to declare? Have you ever met a Hittite? A Jebusite? God says it would not exist. But you do meet an Israelite. But also by declaring his preservation of the Jew, as I said, as the remnant. His remnant, Ezekiel 37, 39, gives us the Greek gathering of the last days. We'll deal a little more specific when we get down there. Uh, we're seeing the beginning of that, but not the, the, the ultimate of that, because that will happen during the tribulation and great tribulation. Now, Ezekiel reveals that God holds every person then responsible for their sins, Ezekiel the watchman in chapter three, chapter eighteen, chapter thirty-three deals with in three chapters. The watchman is responsible for delivering the message, the hearer is responsible for responding to the message. The Lord will judge every person according to the provisions of that proclamation for the forgiveness of sins. No one can add to that proclamation, no one can take away from it. It is alone sealed by the hand of God. This infuriates mankind today. Man wants to be so broad in everything. We want to be so open-minded, we're giving America away, piece by piece. If you're a Mexican, and you're putting the American flag upside down, go back to Mexico. I was born in Mexico City, but I'm an American. This is America. Remember that God never violates anybody's free will. God holds each person responsible. Everyone has a right to go to hell, but everyone has the privilege of going to heaven if they choose to. No one will ever be able to blame God. And yet, how many people blame God for the calamities, everything else here on earth? No one takes responsibility. We're into this entitlement mentality and rights. Listen, listen. As a sinner, you're entitled to one thing alone, to go to hell. If you want to talk what you deserve and what you've got coming to you. Now, if you want to talk about grace, then we can talk about heaven. I don't deserve that. But it's available to me. I get to choose. It's a privilege to be an American. Not a right. You get to choose. There's a process by which you do this. There's a process by which you come to God. Not your standards. Not contrary to the word of God. But the way he's made it. Now, Ezekiel reveals... That the character and glory of God is based on his holiness, very important. God is unapproachable, perfect holiness. Ezekiel demonstrates that as he falls on his face all the time. God is saying, get up off your face, and he picks him up all the time. <laughs> I think that's what's lacking in the church today. We don't reverence God today. The glory of God is witness departing from the temple, as you know, the cherubims, over the east gate, the threshold, and then out to the Mount of Olives in chapter 10 and chapter 11. The word glory speaks, and it's related to um, the heaviness of God, uh, doxa, uh, the weightiness of God, the awesomeness uh, that is to take us back. God does not look kindly on those who seek him while living in sin without any intent of repentance. This was going on. Ezekiel's faithfulness to confront these men. Listen to it. Ezekiel 14, 3 says, Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts, put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I let myself be inquired of at all by them? The answer is obvious. The question is rhetorical. No. And yet God says, let them come, and I will answer to them. I will answer them according to their idols. Whoa. There comes a time when people keep playing games with God that God won't answer them according to what they're really worshiping, deception. And the scriptures it says, you know, who will, who will go and deceive the prophets, the kings and in the, in the priests? I'll go, I'll be a deceiving spirit, and God sends them. And he allows the prophets to speak according to their ways. Hmm. The Lord is gracious, Merciful. Full of compassion, takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, uh, Ezekiel 18 tells us, uh, 31 also. He is so gracious. He promised through the prophet Ezekiel in the last day he would sprinkle clean water on Israel and give them a new heart, a new spirit, in Ezekiel 36, verse 25 to 27. Confirming what Jeremiah spoke in Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34. We see the beginnings, but it will take place ultimately in the tribulation and great tribulation as God focused upon Israel once again. Listen to Jeremiah the prophet. Remember, he's in Jerusalem. You've got false prophets on both sides. The prophets that are false in Ezekiel are saying, hey, we're out of here. We're going back to Jerusalem. God says, no, tell them to get married, build houses. You're here for 70 years. The false prophets in Jerusalem are saying, don't give up. They're not going to overtake us. The people are coming back. Jeremiah says, "You might as well surrender." So they accuse him of treason. They threw him in jail. Remember, hmm. Jeremiah twenty-three, twenty-eight says this: "The prophet who has a dream, let him tell his dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully." What is shaft to the wheat? Says the Lord. In other words, the word of God has always been the plumb line for examination of truth regarding God, spiritual things, angels, sin, man, and redemption. It has never changed. Everything else is shaft. Today, too many people are following the words of men, their own authority, because of the size of their church, because of who they are, because of past success. That is not the qualification for truth. The standard for truth is the word of God. If you do not check me, then you're a candidate for deception. You should be listening, writing down, checking up, make sure that it is. Now, you may find some come and say, well, actually, no, you said this, and it's wrong. Wow, you have to, I'm doing my best to give the proper interpretation, doing my study. That's different, and I can make a mistake on something or give you a wrong name, whether it be by mistake or whether it be I just, my, I get Alzheimer's disease and I say one name above another. But that's different from people who are deceiving, purposely twisting the Scripture for deception, Okay. So, we become good students of the Word of God. The defiance of man against God had its beginning in Adam, as you know. It has not changed. Man refused to believe the judgment. Even in Noah's day, they all perished except for eight. Man refused to dis- be dispersed throughout the land and they built a tower to worship the creation, so God dispersed them. The people of our day refused to acknowledge God as their creator. They continually insist that we came out from a polywog <laughs> and then from a monkey. I mean, you have to have such an incredible imagination. If you just go to the simple cell, there isn't enough chance factor, there isn't enough zeros after a one just for the simple cell to be able to evolve. There isn't enough time. Give yourself trillions, billions of years. And these are intelligent people, educated people, but people who have a hardened heart against God. Hmm. The people of the great tribulation, you'd think they would change because it's a time that has never been or ever will be in terms of the horror of it. Listen as the sixth seal is poured out. It's broken, it's poured out. Revelation six fifteen through 16 says, And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every uh, slave and every free man uh, hid themselves in the caves and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who... Who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Do you understand the implications of that? They know it's God. They know it's from God. They know he's on the throne. They know he's coming. And they say, tough. There is a heart of man. Deceitful. Desperately wicked. All of mankind is without excuse about the existence of God. From creation, he's without excuse, Romans 1.20. From conscience he's without excuse, Romans two fifteen. From history he's without excuse, the Great Commission, the book of Acts, the history of the church today. From the scriptures, man's without excuse. Psalm nineteen would be a good place to begin, many other portions. From the church witness on earth the salt and, and light, man is without excuse, even the words of Jesus in Matthew five, thirteen through fourteen. Listen to Revelation 20 verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and gray, standing before God, and books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to their works, by the things which were written in the books. This is the white throne judgment. This is the judgment of all people who have rejected Jesus Christ as the only way. They are judged according to the books. Their words, their deeds, their attitudes, their decisions. I've told you often, our God is Jewish. He keeps good books. No one will have any excuses. No one will open their mouth in that day. You don't want to be in this judgment. Now, you and I as Christians will be judged at the bema seat of Christ, but for reward. If what I did was not out of love, the right motive, the right attitude, then it becomes crispy critter. But I'm saved either by fire, because I'm saved by grace through faith. You understand? This is a white throne judgment for rejecting the only way. The required standard, again, to stand before God is based on his holiness. Are you ready for the standard? Perfection. Anybody feel good this morning to meet that requirement? Then we're hopelessly lost. No, not really. Because he made a way. He made one way. Every human being is a sinner and has fallen short of the glory of God, as Romans 3.23 says. Yet God alone has immortality. And he dwells in an unapproachable light whom man cannot see or even come close to him. 1 Timothy 6, 16. And therefore he's made a way through his son Jesus Christ that we might be seen in the place of the son and the son was seen in our place as he died for each of us. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him, that He might be our intercessor. Now, He didn't have to make a way, but He did make a way. When you're in a building, there's a fire escape. In the old days, you had fire escapes attached to the outside of the buildings. That was the way out. I can't even imagine... A fireman coming in and saying, here, follow me. This is the way out. Oh, no, no, I can't go out that way. It's the only way. No, 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 I, I go the other way. You die. He made one way. Jesus Christ. It has never changed.
1: The only truth and responding to it. Pastor Xavier Reese and today's Simple Truths. Now, there's much more to come next time, but if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, though, you can pick up a copy of this message, and the title to ask for is Ezekiel the Faithful Prophet. It's available on CD for only $4, and make sure you pass on this study to someone in your church or Bible study. And once again, the title to ask for is Ezekiel the Faithful Prophet, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California. Is there any hope for a dying world? Get the answers when you join Pastor Xavier Reis for the next edition of Simple Truths. Tell a friend. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com